Hello, hello, hello. I'm Jan Goldstein, and this is All That Matters. In a recent article on Hanukkah for the New York Times, Rabbi Josh Feigelson notes that candlelight as featured each night of the holiday that has just passed, is extinguishable, even by a slight wind. It is, he suggests, a fragility that invites care and courage, not fear. So too is the light of hope in dark times. From my studies of religion and religious scholars, That's the exact reason you find Christmas at this time of year. It falls winter, late December, darkest time of the year. Winter in certain parts of the world. Summer in other parts of the world, of course. And for Christianity at the calendar's moment of extreme darkness, it was the exact correct moment for the coming of the Messiah. Out of darkness, light. The Messiah, or Christ, as known in Christianity, is also known as the light of the world. In the Quran, God is stated to be the light, the word nur. Interestingly, nur used in uh, the Arabic is ner in Hebrew. They're so closely aligned. In the Quran, God is stated to be the light, the nur of the heavens and the earth. In Hinduism, candles are used in a daily ritual of worship and offering to represent the light of the gods, the connection between the individual and the divine. So I was thinking this week, some of us in certain areas of the world look to the skies at this time of year. We look up at the moon, we look up at the stars, as the world often becomes more dangerous. It is not unusual, and you can imagine ancient men and women looking upwards for an answer, looking upwards out of the darkness into light. And when they scan the darkness, they can reflect something of what we are experiencing right now amid world events, they might have caught sight of the aurora borealis, a multicolored natural illumination that's caused by interaction between solar winds and the Earth's magnetic field. And a few weeks back, these northern lights, the rare atmospheric phenomenon, sent vivid flares of purple and green and red across the night sky Above Ukraine. That's right. The people in Kiev looked up to see the northern lights. And you can guess light in the middle of what they're going through meant something to the citizens there. Now, in America, some celebrate Kwanzaa, an annual celebration of African-American culture. That goes from December 26th to January 1st. So, all in the same month as Hanukkah, Christmas, culminating in a communal feast. And 
In Kwanzaa, they use seven candles. They're lit on a canara, which appear to be similar to a menorah. And it is used to highlight seven principles of the holiday, which is all based on an African harvest festival tradition from various parts of West and Southeast Africa. The name Kwanzaa, by the way, derives from the Swahili phrase, I'm told, Matunda Ya Kwanzaa, meaning first fruits. And there are first fruit festivals in Southern Africa, celebrated in December and January. Last year in December 2022, Reverend Al Sharpton and Mayor Eric Adams and Reverend Conrad Tillard and Rabbi Shmuley Boteak and Elisha Wiesel, the only child of Nobel Peace Prize recipient, Ellie Wiesel, joined to celebrate Kwanzaa and Hanukkah together at Carnegie Hall. I did not know that. So, all of us in search of light. On the final night of Hanukkah, when the candles are all lit and the Hanukkah, the Hanukkah menorah, is often placed in, in many homes in the window. This year, there was a lot of debate whether to put that Hanukkah on the window for some, afraid of what others might do a reaction of negativity or hatred or violence in the midst of all that's going on in the world today. The anti-Semitism of grave concern just discussed in the halls of the American Congress where American, where presidents of uh, certain American universities were questioned about how they deal with anti-Semitism among many forms of racism. This is a particular issue. But Rabbi Josh Feigelson, as I mentioned, um, they have a custom in his family. And so they do put that Hanukkah in the window. And what his family does is they go outside their home near Chicago and they look at the scene in the window. And beyond the glass is the illumination And beneath the wall of old black and white family photographs, loved ones who have lit these same candles year after year. And one of those photographs, one of those people who had lit that Hanukkah year after year in his family was his wife's father, who was born in the woods of Ukraine in 1942, to parents fighting the Nazis. And in the family story, the baby cried, giving away their position. His parents had to leave him behind, hoping to return for him. And when they did, they found him miraculously alive, surrounded by the footprints of boots. As Feigelson says, either there was a dose of humanity or they did not want to waste a bullet. But had that not happened and many other things, miracles really, had they had not occurred, she wouldn't be here and my children wouldn't be here, he says. Candlelight in the middle of darkness, a fragility that invites care and courage, not fear. Now we're all fragile, aren't we? I felt it recently. Perhaps you have too. And at times, 
without light or living in times when the light flickers around us, we feel even more so. Isn't that a perfect time when you're feeling that fragility to kindle candles, to illuminate the way before us and around us, to share a symbol with like-minded persons who also seek light? So in my research for this podcast, I came across another form of light, another human being, a poet, artist, Morgan Harper Nichols. And oh, I can't show you on the podcast her beautiful art, so colorful. She happened to have been diagnosed a little later in her life with autism and Not only does that not stop her, that only helped her understand herself better and perhaps infused a deeper meaning to the fact that she uses art as a form of connection. And I think lighting candles is a form of connection. I think light is a symbol of connection and darkness. And light comes about, the sparks when we reach out to one another, and we deeply need that right now. But she wrote something beautiful about an unlit candle. What about those things that go unlit? And she writes this, and I wanted to share. Lessons from an unlit candle. Looking down into an unlit candle, I don't doubt the candle wick's ability to light a flame. Unless the wick is completely sunk into the wax, I believe it will contribute to the formation of fire at the appropriate time. This is in contrast to my tendency to be skeptical of things that haven't yet ignited. Of course, there are times in life when opportunities slip down like a candle wick into the wax to the point of no return. But then there are times when I lose patience with a lack of results, answers, or clarity, when there might be something more. But an unlit candle wick reminds me that even though sometimes we have to say goodbye to a candle before we're ready, that doesn't mean there won't be other candles that bring forth fire when the time is right. When the clock is ticking and I'm focused on time, this is difficult work. Still, the more I learn about candles and all of the variables a candle maker must consider when selecting the right wick, the diameter of the container that will hold it, the type of wax used, how it had to be tested, and so many other factors, it becomes clear that there are many steps to this process. And the same is true of the unlit candles in my life. What I'm learning from that is that I want to be able to look at something that isn't lit and not doubt its ability to light up at the right time. Even if I have to say goodbye to a candle that can no longer be lit, I want to grieve that, and in time I want to believe there will be other opportunities to fill this room with light in the future. So the next time you look down at a candle and see the wick, I hope you can feel confident that it will light when the time is right. Of course not always, but however, something may appear to have ended when it is simply unlit. You're free to consider the possibility that among all the things you've said goodbye to, other things might still ignite in their time. Holding that tension is hard, but I just hope you can remember the possibility of a flame 
that might be. The possibility of a flame that might be. That is everything I hold on to right now. And that is a lot. We light candles in many different ways. We add our sparks to the world, our flame. But we ought not withhold it. If you have light to share right now, it's time. As our poet artist Morgan Harper Nichols says in one of her art pieces with a lovely bird on a branch, she writes, As you learn to fly, may you also learn to rest, for both will prepare you for the journey ahead. So rest. Kindle candles. Share the light. Until next week, I'm Jan Goldstein, and this is all that matters. <laughs>